بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين This is our second session on Quranic sciences In the first session we discussed the significance of the Quran according to some hadith and now we want to refer to the Quran itself and find out the status of the Quran according to the Quran which is the word of God there are many things that one can learn from the Quran about the Quran what I would like to mention today is something that I believe can fundamentally change our understanding of the position of the Quran with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To be able to understand this, what I normally do is explain an idea about the universe based on the Quran and inshallah after that is established then we build upon it and we explain the position of the Quran so first you inshallah be, uh, should uh, bear with me to explain something about Quranic understanding of the universe we know that the world that we experience this planet, the earth, the moon, the sun, the stars according to the Quran despite its vast and huge size and even despite the fact that it's still expanding you know still it's expanding although what is already there is so big that we don't know the end of this physical world and it's still expanding but according to Quran this is only very little part of small part of the creation all these galaxies you know that our galaxy is not even a drop of water of, compared to an ocean. It's a still very little part of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is another universe, another world, which is not physical, which is spiritual, which is immaterial, which is Mujarrad and that is higher 
than this world, than this dunya, than this physical world. According to the Quran, again, everything which is good, every blessing, every bounty, every ni'mah blessing, which comes to this world, come from sources, treasures, which are in the other world. إِنْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا عِنْدَنَا خَزَائِنُهُ وَمَا نُنَزِّلُهُ إِلَّا بِقَدَرٍ مَعْلُومٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there is nothing except that its treasures are with us. إِنْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ There is nothing إِلَّا except إِنْدَنَا خَزَائِنُهُ Its treasures are with us. وَمَا نُنَزِّلُهُ And we do not send it down إِلَّا بِقَدَرٍ مَعْلُومٍ Except in a fixed measure. Okay? So, in this world, everything has a measure. كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقْنَاهُ بِقَدَرٍ Everything has a measure, has a size, has a limit. Okay? But the unlimited treasures are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, knowledge. We have knowledge. Yeah? More or less, we have some knowledge. Where does our knowledge come from? Knowledge is something which comes from that world. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّمَا الْعِلْمُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ Truly, the fact is that knowledge is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. Surah Ahqaf, verse 23. So, knowledge comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, a little bit of it is distributed in this world. You have been given a very little portion of knowledge. You see hundreds of thousands or millions of volumes of books in this world. It's very little. Like all these stars and planets, very little. So now you can understand what is real knowledge. Okay? The real knowledge is something great. Rizq, even our rizq comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes the Quran refers to the fact that in the case of, for example, Hazrat Maryam, her rizq came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كُلَّمَا دَخَلَ عَلَيْهَا عَلَيْهَا ذَكَرِيَّ الْمِحْرَابِ وَجَدَ عِنْدَهَا رِزْقًا Whenever Prophet Zakariya visited Lady Maryam in her place of worship, in her mihrab, found عِنْدَهَا next to her was رزق, was food, was sustenance. قَالَ أَنَّا لَكِ هَذَا Prophet Zakariya said, where does this come from? 
because she was not going and you know to the market to buy okay and maybe also those food or fruit or whatever were very fresh or maybe not the fr fruits of that region okay so very fresh maybe not from that region maybe not from that season so something that he was not believing that this could be ordinary okay something which was surprising him if it was something very normal something that you can find it everywhere or if she was going you know outside so there was no need to ask so he asked lady maryam where does this come from for you and she said this is coming from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is from Allah. this is coming from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is Surah Al Imran, verse 37. So, Rizq comes from there, knowledge comes from there. Another thing is Thawab, reward. This is a very beautiful point. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Surah Nisa, verse 134. The reward of this world and the hereafter exists with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Allah, very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives your sawab, your reward in this world. Okay? Sometimes Allah gives your reward in the hereafter. For example, maybe your sabab in dunya is you will be given light in this world. This is sabab. You will be given good children. You will be given blessed life. You will be given health. You will be given alaykum, praise of people. People praise you. Okay? These are good things that can be given as reward for your good actions or good qualities in this world. Or the reward can be given in the hereafter. Okay? But what is important is if reward is coming from Allah. Very important point. Are you here? 100%? If the reward is coming from Allah, whether it is given to you in dunya or in the hereafter, it's not from dunya. It's not that when Allah gives you reward in dunya, so he takes something from dunya and gives to you. But when it's from, given to you in heaven, it's from heaven. No. Whether it is in, given to you in dunya or akhirah, it's coming from him. You understand the difference? Sometimes, for example, you go to Hajj. And then you take some souvenirs with you to give to people. So you go to Mecca. You buy souvenir there. You try to take it to, for example, maybe Masjid al-Haram to bless it. And then take it to the people. So although you give them in their own town, 
You give them, for example, in London, but this is not from London. This is from a holy land. Okay? But sometimes, either you are lazy, or I don't know, you don't have money there, or you don't have time, or you forget. So now, you are going to see these people, and they expect souvenir. So you go to a shop here and buy and give them. So you take it from London and give it to the people in London. Okay? But sometimes you take it from holy land and give it to people. Okay? Or you know someone if takes Torba from Karbala and bring to you. Or goes to a shop and you know takes from local Torba and gives to you. There's a big difference. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you reward, even if he gives in dunya, still it doesn't have worldly quality. It has heavenly quality. Because it's coming from him. فَإِنَّ اللَّهِ ثَوَابُ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ Okay? So the reward is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you cannot compare it to the worldly gifts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the people who are killed for the sake of God, they have given their lives, they are martyrs. Allah says, لا تحسبن الذين قتلوا في سبيل الله أمواتا don't think that the people who are killed for the sake of God, they are dead. They are alive. Okay. If it was up to here, then there was no difference between martyrs and those who are not martyrs because everyone is alive. Okay. The difference is they are alive and they are close to the Lord. And also they receive sustenance. So they are in a very high position of life. Otherwise, everyone who dies is alive. But these are alive in the Rabbihim, very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they receive sustenance. These are few examples that I selected for you from the Quran, which explains that there is a part of the creation. There is a part of existence. There is a universe, if you call it, which is very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can say it's end Allah. It's end Allah. It's very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some scholars called it the universe of indiyat, the universe of being close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indana. In min shayyad illa indana. Or thawab is Allah, Rizq. And all these things that we mentioned. So, compared to this world, which is the lowest stage of creation, 
that world, which is still created, is higher. It's closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? And the good things here originate from the treasures in that. Sometimes your knowledge comes from going to a school or university, reading, I don't know, memorizing, practicing, okay? So, still this is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it is collected and obtained in dunya through worldly means. Sometimes your knowledge comes directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not through worldly means. And this is the knowledge which Allah puts in the heart of people. Imam Sadiq alayhi salam said to Enwan al-Basri, لَيْسَ الْعِلْمُ Real knowledge is not a matter of reading a lot, learning a lot, teaching a lot. It's not that. بَلِ الْعِلْمُ نُورٌ يَقْذِفُهُ اللَّهِ فِي قَلْبِ مَنْ Knowledge is a light that Allah projects into the heart of the people that he wills. Some people misunderstand this. They think... Okay, if that's the case, so we don't go to a school, we don't go to Jose, we don't study, we wait for the knowledge to come. No, no. This is not what the hadith means. This is not what Imam Sadiq himself was doing. He was training people. He was holding classes. But what Imam is trying to say is your search for knowledge should start with reading, taking notes, taking exams, attending classes. But this is just the beginning of it. You should prove your thirst for knowledge, but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, if he sees that you are honestly and sincerely searching for understanding, Allah would give you knowledge directly. Then you would understand things that are not even mentioned in the books. Okay? But the first step is through conventional methods of learning. The same is with rizq. Real rizq comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this doesn't mean that you sit at home and do nothing and say rizq is coming from Allah. You have to work hard. Okay? But... Rest comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shefa, healing. Healing comes from Allah. You go to doctor, you take the prescription, you take the medicine. But shefa is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. So, the first point, this was just introduction. Was that we have a realm, a domain, a universe, which is much higher than the world, that dunya, and it's closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it has the treasures for all the good things that we receive in this world okay and this process of sending down from those treasures to this world is what 
Now you are getting where I am heading. So this is Tanzil. So what does Tanzil mean? Sending down. So what does it mean? Unfortunately, most of us, when we hear sending down, we think of sending down something in a higher position in dunya to a lower position in dunya. So both of it in dunya. Because this is what we are used to it. So when I say send down, you think, okay, from the second floor, we send to ground floor. <laughs> or from, I don't know, fifth floor, we send it to the ground floor. This is sending down that we understand. But sending down that the Quran is talking about here is different. It's sending from alam indiyat, from the alam malakut, from that spiritual world to this world. But how it comes down to this world? In dunya, it's possible, not always, but it's possible that when you send something from a higher place to a lower place, it can come in the same way that it used to be, without any change. Sometimes it is like this. Yeah? For example, I give you a book in the 10th floor, and then you take it down for me to the ground floor. Or maybe you take it to floor minus 10. The book does not change. Okay? The book doesn't change. I give you, I don't know, a letter. I give you a food. It comes down, but it doesn't necessarily change. I'm saying doesn't necessarily, because sometimes even in dunya it changes. For example, sometimes maybe... Because of the change in temperature, then something comes lower, then its condition changes. For example, it can become solid and it used to be liquid. Or it was, for example, a steam, it becomes, becomes liquid. It's possible even in dunya that go through some changes. But it's not very substantial change. And sometimes it remains the same. Okay? So sending down in dunya is not necessarily involving any change. And even sending high in dunya necessarily doesn't mean improvement. Yeah, I can send, take this book from ground floor to 10th floor. It doesn't necessarily mean any change. Is it clear? But when something from that world is sent down to this world, it involves big change. Because the nature of these two worlds are different okay when something is there it has no limitations that we have it here here we have lots of limitations everything here has a limit has a size has a portion in dunya we don't have unlimited good things and this is why there is competition, there is conflict, yeah? Sometimes people fight over something because you cannot give in dunya something to everyone. Some people have it, some people don't have it. 
in the, that world, no limitation, no quota. There's no quota system there. Okay? And also, no timing, no space. Okay? So, when it comes to knowledge, now this is something very important. Everything is important, but this is another important thing. When it comes to knowledge, a knowledge which is in that world, which is unlimited knowledge, okay? If it's given in the same way that it is there to the people who are in this world, without them being prepared, it can make them mad. If it doesn't kill them. Because it's like connecting high voltage cable to a person. In Dunya, when you go to, for example, a lecture. Which is given by a person from Dunya. And about something that can be learned. But because the subject is a little bit high. You sometimes get headache. Yeah? For example, you know, you go to a lecture on philosophy and someone talks about, you know, philosophy and you don't have any clue about philosophy. After one hour, you may have headache. Yeah? Why? He used the same words that you no use. And he was a normal person. But because it was a little bit difficult and you couldn't absorb it, you have headache. And if this continues for a long time, maybe you will develop mental illness. Yeah? If you always, every day, attend some lectures that you don't understand, then you may even psychologically develop some problem. And this is a still dunya. Now imagine if that knowledge which is unlimited, which is not differentiated, which is not put into multiplicity, it's simple, it's basit. If that knowledge is given to us, what happens? We will not be able to cope with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala narrows down, limits, restricts, modifies it, simplifies it so many times so that it can come to this dunya. And even when it comes to this dunya, still we cannot cope with it. He chooses those servants of him who have greatest capacity and gives to them. And said, I don't expect my ordinary servants to take it. You will take it. And then you explain to them. Inshallah, later when I will talk about revelation, I will read for you some hadith about the conditions for the one who receives wahi. One of the conditions for receiving wahi is to have a very large heart, great capacity. You know, Rasulullah had very great and large heart. 
या मूसा सलाम वॉज वेरी मच एवर ऑफ द नीड फॉर हैविंग वेरी एक्सपैंडेड एंड ग्रेट चेस्ट और हार्ट वॉट डिट ही से रबिश राहली सदरी या बिकॉज ही न्यू दैट टू बी एबल टू कैरी ऑन विद दिस ग्रेट रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी इज इन नीड ऑफ ग्रेट कैपेसिटी सो इस रबिश राहली सदरी when it comes to prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we don't find rabb ishrah li sadri we find alam nashrah lak sadrak didn't we expand your chest so rasulullah had a great heart already and still we read in hadith that for rasulullah to receive wahy was very difficult he was sweating he was becoming like pale sometimes people thought maybe he's going to die when wahy was coming you know it was very difficult allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the quran We are sending you down heavy word. When Allah says it's heavy, you understand what does it mean, yeah? Heavy. When Allah says heavy, it's really heavy. Inna sanulqi alayka qawlan thaqila. It's so heavy. That لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله. If it was sent down to mountains, they would have become humbled and made into pieces. You know, sometimes when we want to explain the power of mu'min. Yeah, the power of mu'min. We say al-mu'minu kal-jabal al-rasikh. Mu'min is like a very a strong and high mount. La tuharrikuhu al-abasif. Even strong winds and storms cannot move, let alone shake or collapse a mu'min. Okay? This is the power of iman. A mu'min is like a mountain. But when it comes to the Quran, Allah says Quran not only moves mountains but makes them into pieces. And now you can imagine the power of Rasulullah that something that makes mountains into pieces would not kill rasulullah so you understand the difference between rasulullah and mu'min yeah when we want to say mu'min is very strong we say is mu'min like a mountain but rasulullah is stronger than mountains do you understand and where we are if <laughs> after class you think about it where we are <laughs> maybe a little rumor a little lie a little i don't know difficulties unfortunately 
can affect us. May Allah, inshallah, give us strength. So, لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبل لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشن. This is the heaviness of the Quran. And this is still after Enzal. Are you getting it or no? Allah doesn't say if the Quran before Enzal was given to mountains, they were made into pieces. If it was sent down, it means after Enzal, still they were not able to cope with it. Do you get the point? After Enzal, not before Enzal. Lo anzalna means after we send down the Quran, still they are not able to maintain it. So this shows the greatness of the Quran. This shows the great capacity of Rasulullah. And this shows also that when Allah says some verses, in some verses that uh, we send down to you the Quran or the book, anzalna ilaykum. This is a matter of uh, kind of uh, what we call esnad fil majaz. It's somehow like metaphoric. Allah says, we have sent down the Quran to you. But in reality, the Quran has not been sent down to us directly. The Quran has been sent down to the Prophet. And because the Prophet is... Explaining to us, so in a sense we say Quran has been sent down to us. But otherwise, Quran has not been sent down to us. Only has been sent down to the Prophet. Do you understand? The way Rasulullah received the Quran, we have not received the Quran. Is it clear? Okay. So, what is the meaning of Enzal? Enzal here doesn't mean... Just sending down something as it is to a lower place. Enzal means to have something which is very high in existence, very high in perfection. Something which has so much of greatness that dunya cannot contain it. We simplify it. We make a presentation of it, a manifestation of it in the form that suits the lower world. This is Enzal. Okay? For example, sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, this is just an example uh, for the sake of understanding. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about something very difficult to understand. Very difficult to understand. For example, Allahu nurus samawati wal arth. It's very difficult for us to understand. In order to simplify it, he mentions one example, a parable. Mathalu nurahi. This mathalunurahi, this example is to simplify the idea so that you can understand. Or for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to explain the relation between haq and batil. And then he gives an example. He says, like, 
rain coming and then carrying with itself lots of uh, you know dirts and impurities and then there would be bubbles on the top and those bubbles will cover all the surface but gradually the bubbles will go away yeah we had it last semester. So, in the same way that an example can simplify a very difficult concept, something very abstract, you bring an example to simplify it. Okay? Or sometimes, you know, a very important principle you try to teach children by using stories or paintings. Do you understand? So, Enzal here is something like this. That there is a very great reality and people cannot understand it. You try to simplify it in the way that they can try to understand. Even they may not understand, but they can at least try to understand. Okay? Now, Let's refer to this ayah, but maybe we need a little break, yeah, and inshallah then we can continue. So maybe we take 10 minutes break, and inshallah we continue. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.